Welcome everyone to another episode of The Creative Minds. Jo- joining me today is Lauren. Uh, so Lauren, please start off by telling us a bit more about who you are and what you do. Yeah, so thank you so much for having me. I've been excited to come on the podcast. I love your energy. And I think it's really nice to connect with people who are clearly so passionate about what they do. So I'm the founder and CEO of a company called Impact School. And our mission is to power to empower companies to deliver life-changing results globally while making millions at the same time. And so we're all about helping people who are good at what they do, serve more people, retain more clients, and uh, yeah, teach what they know online. So it's yeah. a great, it's a great thing to do. And I'm just at Lauren Tickner on all social media. You can find me there. So I know we're going to have a great conversation today. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much. By the way, I I kind of told you this briefly earlier on, but I was actually having a a show earlier on with a guy called Quentin, and he's the one who was like, "You have to interview this girl. She's like kicking ass, and she's like really awesome in what she does. Straightforward, two point." I was like, I had to. So I'm so glad that we connected and then I reached out. Um, so now briefly knowing about you and what you do in your company, like you, I know earlier on you started your, like your journey in fitness. Um, can you just walk us through that going to fitness and then going and creating impact school and how that kind of transition was for you? Yeah, it was great. At first people were kind of like, you know, what the hell are you doing? Because a lot of my audience in the beginning were following me because they were wanting workout tips and eating and they wanted to know like what am I eating every day and how am I training and what was really interesting was because I had built a personal brand I also had people following me who wanted to do the same thing Mm. as me and so this literally only came about because of demand I never got into business to do what I do now I was in the fitness space and I was working with a lot of big brands and um Basically, these companies decided that they wanted to go more mainstream with Mm. quote-unquote influencers they were working with. So they stopped working with myself, a load of my friends that had, they had millions of followers Mm. on YouTube. However, their audiences Mm. were exclusively like bodybuilding related, right? And so then my friends were noticing that I was posting these things on my Snapchat back then, was like okay here's this free challenge that you can join and you can win 500 bucks my friends were like Lauren like how can I do this and I was thinking like guys you don't need to join this challenge like you know you can easily make thousands by launching your own so I built all these funnels and then what I could do is I could take the link for my funnel and then I could send it to them and they could sign up and then I could get an affiliate commission each month of like Mm -hmm. 33 bucks or something Mm -hmm. so I gave them the funnels and I told them like do this this and this And I was like, hell yeah, you know, I'm making like a couple hundred bucks extra per month of affiliates. Like my fitness business was, I'd say, in the low six figures at this point. And it was just fun. And some of these guys then launched and they just basically followed the same dates that I was posting stuff. They would just pretty much trail me and post the same thing. And two of the guys made six figures within their first couple of weeks of doing it. Wow. And at that I realized like, oh crap, like I think I've got something here. Mm. But... I thought, well, I don't really know if this is going to be possible for anyone else because they don't have a big following. So then I wrote this ebook, which was like how to have a successful online program. 
and then this one girl replied to me like hey Lauren I'd be happy to review it and back then she had about 2,000 on YouTube now she has hundreds of thousands on all her social media but back then small following she was a primary school teacher teaching maths in Australia and she was from America and she had to move to Australia and teach there because it would have made her more money etc and she dreamed of coming back to the US Mm. so I actually worked with her one-on-one took her business to multiple six figures per year and that was when I realized like I've got something here now I need to turn into a productized service and so basically that's how impact school was born but it was never meant to be like this <laughs> interesting so then what is the service that you provide to them so you kind of started off in the affiliate marketing space but then you lost you there yeah it was not affiliate marketing I literally had these funnels that I built for my fitness business okay. and I just gave the share link right so in inside of these funnel builders you yeah. can just say like your friends or your clients or something hey yeah. i built these funnels for you like click the link and it's going to import into your account okay. so i basically just gave them the funnels that i was actually using and told them like just you know instead of saying like get toned say get yeah. shredded these were guys who had a male audience right yeah. and so they launched that and they absolutely crushed it the yeah. first time so i was making like a maximum of 500 bucks a month from affiliate it was yeah. never really something i was doing um, but the reason that was important was because basically it's how Impact School really beget, be- began. Yeah. yeah. So w- what made you then want to to take this full time? Like, why do you care about serving other people and getting them to grow their own businesses? Why do you care so much? Well, for me, I always cared about fitness at first. And mm. through my passion, I was able to create a business. Mm. And then I realized after I started helping other people with business, I actually prefer business than I pre- than I like fitness. Because what I honestly felt like I was just working with my friends and I was showing my friends what to do. Because mm. they were like-minded people who genuinely were really passionate yeah. about serving others. Whereas like when I was in fitness, you know, a lot of people were trying to lose weight and get skinny, maybe for the wrong reasons. And I realized mm. that through helping these other people who were my peers, mm. they were then able to help the people that I would have otherwise helped. And so I got to have a big, big ripple effect through helping the people that help the people. Okay. And so that's really how I got into it. And, um, okay. you know, I never looked back since then. I honestly slowly dwindled out what I was doing in fitness yeah. and then went full time into this. Did you go to university yourself? I was studying on the UK's number one business degree at the time of having my fitness business, but I dropped yeah. out. None of my professors had ever had their own business. Oof. Okay, okay. And how did your parents take that or your family take that, you dropping off? To be fair, like by this point, I was already doing well in the fitness industry. I was kind of having banter with my dad, like, oh, look, I'm making more money than you now. And so he didn't have anything to say. My parents never really cared about uni because like my dad didn't go and my mom went to some like really crappy university in London. And um, so they weren't fussed about me going. Mm. And my parents were never really like strict on me or pushed me to do anything because my younger brother, he's two years younger than me, Mm. he's disabled. And so I had a lot of freedom from a very young age and kind of, you know, Mm. parented myself to quite a large degree. And I think that's why I became so independent so quickly. And I realized like, you know, early on, but basically when I was 18, I worked in a corporate job, hated it, quit quit that, realized I wanted to have my own business because I couldn't work Mm. for someone else. That was basically how. So how did you kind of learn the skills? How did you know what is it that you need to do at every given moment in time for you to grow and create, for example, Impact School and continue growing since you started the launch of it? Well, I started in fitness, right? So I made all the mistakes possible. 
having that business, I didn't just decide that I wanted to have a business consulting company. Like I actually had the business con- business first okay. before okay. I went into consulting. Um, and so how did I learn everything in fitness? Yeah. Well, I went to, I, I remember one day I was scrolling on Facebook and I saw this ad and it was two guys who were big, big business owners in the fitness industry. And it was a, a mastermind in LA in this place called like Chino Valley or something, right? And um, I'd never been to LA before and I really wanted mm. to go. And so I went on the page and like I applied and then they mm. automatically accepted me and took mm. me to a checkout page and it was $10,000. Mm. And I was sat in a co-working space and I kind of like gasped, I guess. And this one guy, he, he like turned to me and he's like, are you good? I was like, yeah, Ooh, I'm, I'm good. Just kind of trying to make some business decisions. He's like, talk to me. You know, I've been in business for 10 years. Yeah. And then I told him what was going on. And he was like, well, Lauren, like, you know what you need to do? And I'm like, yeah, I know what I need to do. So I got yeah. my debit card out and just paid for the event and just went. And so that was how I learned a lot of the stuff in the beginning stages that really mm-hmm. took me from doing like, you know, mm-hmm. I'd say a maximum of like, I think my biggest month that I had at that point was like 25k mm. but it was like up and down so then I'd mm. make 25k then I'd do like 2k and then I'd mm. make like the, the 22k or something and then mm. I'd make like 5k right and at that event that was how I really learned like how to systematize things kind mm. of and like mm. get the things in in a row and yeah mm. since then I mean, I've probably spent like 700k on mm. coaches consultants agencies mm. masterminds mm. etc so at Impact School, can you just explain furthermore, like, what do you do for your clients? So let's say I'm a client coming over to Impact School. I'm like, listen, Lauren, I've been following your content, learning more about you personally, and then how you run your business. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I want to I want to jump on and work with you. What is it that you, for example, offer for me specifically? Yes, yeah, so we have a couple of different offerings. Everything that we do is one-on-one. Yeah. And so depends where the revenue is at right so we'll always find out where someone's revenue is if it's below 20 grand a month mm. then we have a program called validate that people can go through mm. and then they work one-on-one to get their mm. business to that 20 grand a month uh, mark and we guarantee every single client result at impact school so mm. everyone that works with us has guaranteed results um, and then the second option is one-on-one consulting um, and this is whereby we really take them through systematizing their business adding million dollar systems mm. so that they as the entrepreneur can get out of day to day um, and really ensure that they're able to focus on scaling the company and they have the right people in the team. So okay. my belief is that systems run the business and let people run those systems. And so yes. the guarantee on that one is that will double their revenue. Okay, okay. And very much recently as well too, I've noticed like on your post on Instagram, you were talking about hiring, the hiring process and sharing sharing some content that people are talking about hiring. So when you were in like impact school, when did you start to realize that, okay, you know what, I need to start to delegate and not do everything myself. And uh, you talked about in one of the interviews I watched on YouTube as well too, some of the challenges that you had with hiring the wrong people on your uh, team. So what were some lessons that you learned with regards to hiring overall? I mean, the worst thing to do is hire cheap people. I will never do that again. I will not hire people from um, places in which, you know, money is like... They're driving I will, never, I will never make the mistake of hiring people whereby, like, it's based upon on, on paying the cheapest labor. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm. Like, I will never do that, never. I will pay for quality and I will hire the best. Mm. And in the beginning, obviously, you can't do that. But I would have, I should have not hired people so randomly and sporadically. Mm. Instead, 
I should have just sucked it up for a little bit longer, done it myself, so that then I could afford to pay someone a really world-class mm. salary mm. so that I can get the best of the best. Because, mm. you know, when you buy cheap, you buy twice, right? Same thing goes with hiring. When you hire the worst person, then you're going to have to just come back in and plug all the holes. Yeah. And then it takes twice as long. It's super confusing. Everything's messy. Someone has to fix and then they can start the job. Mm. So um, you asked a few questions there regarding when did I start hiring? I mean, look, I messed up so much. So that's probably not the most relevant thing that I could talk about. The thing that's more important is like asking yourself, is this a leveraged job that I have whereby it's me and I'm like the one individual genius and then I have mm -hmm. a thousand others mm -hmm. or would I rather actually build a company? Mm -hmm. And sometimes you have to get really honest mm -hmm. with yourself about that. Mm -hmm. And when you're kind of hiring, what specifically would you say you'd look for? in someone in, in join, someone joining your team it really depends on the role mm. because in the hiring process the things you look for are very different depending on the role that you're hiring for so mm. if it's a salesperson you want to look for someone that's really really hungry that maybe is a bit cheeky has a bit of banter mm. whereas if you're hiring an accountant you don't really want yeah. that right yeah. someone that's gonna dot their t's and uh, dot their i's and cross their t's yeah so it's very different for the role that you're hiring okay. right so whenever we have people come in for a role and this is not necessarily my area i don't get involved with the hiring process till the last stage however the first thing that we have them do is obviously submit their cv and their application mm. form and then if they don't meet the requirements of mm. the basic skills then they don't get through to the next round mm. um you know a simple thing is like are they 100 fluent in english right we're an english-speaking company like our clients speak english if they can't speak English, it's not going to work, right? Yeah. No hard feelings. It's just, it's just the truth. Yeah. And um, there's been some great people that we wanted to hire, but they don't speak very good English, so we can't hire them, right? And so then we point them in the direction of maybe one of our clients who has a company which is fully Finnish language or Spanish or French, right? Like we always want to direct them to go to the right place that's best for them. Okay. And then, and then, so we have a five-stage hiring process. There's a full video on my uh, YouTube channel, mm -hmm. which is just Lauren Tickner or Impact School podcast. Uh, you can listen there, which is where Noor, who's my COO, she breaks down like the exact five phases that we take every single mm -hmm. person through every applica applicant. But mm -hmm. as an example, we don't just think, oh yeah, like I think I know this person who could do my social media. Instead, we put out proper job listings and we hire people that are right for the role. And then, for example, like recently we hired two new salespeople and we had 163 interviews. Before that, there was more than 500 applicants. Wow. That's we don't just hire the first one. We yeah. want the best only. Look, we deliver the best results, right? So we can't we can't have just subpar mm. people on that. Mm. So what would you say is the biggest challenge that you're currently facing? Or I mean, I mean lesson learned, I would say, because you did you did also mention it once as well. Like it's always personal development. It's almost always like, how can I learn from this experience? Yeah, and yeah. I really love that how you said I think you you actually chose the word personal development. The way I phrase it is like lesson learned, which is an interesting kind of perspective. Uh, so what would you say is the biggest challenge that you faced starting off or like building impact uh school and then kind of how did you overcome it well the biggest problem that we have right now is finding really good salespeople to handle all of our lives okay. so when you solve one problem really well Mm -hmm. then you create another problem so mm -hmm. we really really have solved the problem of lead generation very well so yeah. now we have the problem of 
taking care of all of those leads, right? So to, to your point though, that's a good problem to have. So it's not necessarily relatable for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And if it is relatable, then they're probably gonna be a very good fit to be a client for Impact School yeah. um, because that's one of the big leading indicators that you're bloody good at what you do. Mm-hmm. So um, with regards to your point, there's been, I mean, someone asked me the other day, like, and I'd say, the biggest question I'm probably asked is if you could go back again to the beginning and start over, what would you do differently? And yeah. frankly, the only thing that I would do that's different is I would go back to the beginning and make all the mistakes that I made more quickly so that's I could get those. Yeah. Off. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. to your point, um, I don't even know where to go with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's too many answers like yeah, i screwed yeah. up everything yeah 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 so i don't want to just talk more about business i also also like talk about some uh, other aspects as well too so more talking towards like relationship and building relationships whether it's work or outside of work so i've also come to realize very much recently you're very blunt in different aspects of life and you're keeping keeping it real always on instagram which i really like um and you did talk about um you love for reading books and like you're going to more audiobooks. But there was one thing that really kind of sparked my interest and I'm really realizing that a lot around the people around me, my age, our age, kind of I would say. Um, the idea of like relationships, whether it's friendship or real relationships, like a like a, a partner relationship kind of thing. So you did write like down or mention a few points of certain books that you've learned or like you've come across and read about relationships. Um, so what is your intake on finding like the right partner or building the right friendships i mean let's start off with like partner and then we can go friendships <laughs> yeah so i literally thought i was going to be single for the rest of my life yeah. i didn't think that there was anyone that was out there for me yeah and i read this book called calling in the one mm. and I first read this in the beginning of 2020 after I had come back from Mexico and was living in London by myself. And there was like an eight month period where like I didn't even touch another person because of the lockdowns. And so I listened to this audio book and it said, write a list of the non-negotiables in your partner. And so I wrote a list of more than a hundred things. And then the following year, I was then traveling with a friend of mine who has a big travel uh, Instagram account and I was with him and his girlfriend and she told me that she did the same thing and I'd forgotten that I'd done that so I revisited the list and then added some things there and I made a commitment to myself Mm. that I will not settle for anything less Mm. it's just like for example like when I travel now right if I'm going to travel with a friend of mine who maybe doesn't have the money to pay for the things that I want to do I will pay that person because I don't want to lower my standards just because they can't do the thing Mm. right like totally cool to do that like I want to do the thing that I want to do I've worked very hard to do this Mm. and so I'm willing to share like that and same thing was like with regards to any non-negotiable like for example I will not eat really disgusting junk food just because it's the only thing that I can find right Mm. like I will make sure that I can get the thing that I need and that I want Mm. and like that's not in a kind of selfish type of way it's just that I realized like in my life for so many years I would negotiate the standard and that's why I constantly wasn't always happy and I would work really hard and I wouldn't feel fulfilled and it's because I was never allowing myself to feel the fulfillment and the the actual happiness of what I had achieved and I enjoyed the process but then I would never celebrate so just going back to your point I made a, a list and then I'd meet some guys and they'd be really nice and we'd get on well and there would just be something that wasn't quite right 
And then I revisited my list and I was like, ah, right. It's because like he ha- doesn't share this same value with me. Like I was yeah. seeing this guy and he was amazing. And then he just didn't want to travel, but I love to travel and he wouldn't travel. And then I knew that it wasn't going to work. Right. And that yeah. was one of my list that was important. So then anyways, I ended up meeting someone who his, he is amazing. Like there's, I just, I'm so in love with him that I can't even explain. And I've never had this before. And it's because I didn't settle. I didn't settle for what was okay. And that was actually the reason why I ended my last proper relationship a few years ago. Cause I heard my friend on a podcast say, why settle for good when you can have great? Yeah, yeah. Did you, I mean, did you ever think that what you wrote down or the expectations that you have in a guy are just too high that they would not exist? Everyone told me my standards were too high. <laughs> yeah. You don't need, I don't need a thousand. I need yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 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 One, right. And so it's yeah. it's like it's like you don't need. Let's say you have this like dream house in your mind that you really want to live in, yeah. right? And it has like a hundred different things on your checklist. That's totally fine because mm. you're gonna find that one day. Mm. Just depends mm. on your time horizon. Like, so for me, I was in no rush. I was even planning to take uh, an entire year off dating yeah. someone. Yeah. And the day before my year began was when I met my now boyfriend. No way. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> and I should I should say 37 minutes into <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. By the way, I know that you also live in Dubai, but you also travel as well too. So yeah. I mean I'm curious about like how do you meet people in Dubai? Like I mean, everyone's just so busy in work. Um, so I personally came from Toronto so Toronto was like more of like chill here in Dubai it's like still getting to understand like the whole system and how you get the chance to connect and meet the people how did that work for you personally? I don't know if you mean relationships or like friendships or both, both. but like, yeah. you just go up to someone and talk to them <laughs> like I will just be yeah. walking around outside and I'll say like okay. oh hey now I'll just give someone a compliment ask them a question Okay. okay. And with regards to, let's say, friendship. So in your journey, I've also learned too that you kind of cut off people and brought in new people into your life. What makes you say that this person I want to keep? What makes you say that this person I kind of want to let go of? For me, it's just about values, right? And like, I never really intentionally cut people off. It's just, yeah. you know, f- for example, if they don't share the same values as me, yeah, then, and if I don't genuinely enjoy my time with them, like, I'm just yeah. not going to waste my time. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's not fair on either person because I'm standing there like, oh my god, this is hell. Yeah. And then they're there like, you know, with me who's not fully present, which isn't cool. Yeah. And so it's not fair on either person. Yeah. So yeah. I just make sure like I check in with myself. Am I enjoying myself right now? Yes. Okay, cool. Let's continue. No, if not, let's let's leave. <laughs> awesome. So what would you say your values are? I have a good amount of values, but for me, the biggest Top, thing is yeah. Freedom, fulfillment. Um, I really need to be feeling fulfilled while I'm doing mm. the things that I'm doing. Mm. And I truly believe in living a life of freedom in, mm. you know, health in where you are, mm. um, in not having any attachments to things that you don't need to have attachments mm. to. Um, those things are really fundamental mm. to me. And what does fulfillment mean to you? It's just really about feeling the thing that what you're doing is rewarding and it has an, an impact just making a difference 
because you could be like really quote unquote successful yeah. right if you hate every moment of it like is that really mm. success so what would you say is like your ultimate like life goal like well it depends upon which level of time you look at it right mm. because the goal that i have for the next five years is very different than the goal that i have for the next 15 years and the goal yeah. that i have for the next 15 years is very different from my goal over the next 20 years yeah so when it comes to like the next 15 years um my goal is that i am currently in the process of building a billion dollar business of businesses mm. which each make a positive impact and the way mm. that i define positive impacts is that it's making genuine change in the world of health or education mm. and so this these are the areas that are very very important to me mm. so for example i was recently I was recently given an opportunity to invest in a crypto gaming company yeah. and to get a 90% discount. And this is pretty much guaranteed to make millions, right? And yeah. so at that point, I had to look at my values and I had to look at the direction in which I want to go and with my life. Mm. And it was very, very tempting. Mm. And the guy that I texted, he's a big mentor to me. He's one of the people that I met at the event that I spoke about the mastermind when I was 19 yeah. or 18. And, um, I said to him, I was like, I'm genuinely conflicted right now. Like, mm. how do you make decisions like these? Yeah. And he told me his thesis and I realized like mine doesn't align with that. So I'm going to say no to this opportunity. And instead I invested that money in a Web3 health tech company because it's mm. more aligned with like what I want to do. Okay. And that, one's, that one might not make money for like five, 10 years, but I'm fine with that because I'm here in focusing on making the impact first, the positive impact first as per okay. my definition. Do you believe that like life has a purpose? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think so. I think it's one of those questions which like, I think a lot about this and I remember being in school and mm. we would be discussing the topics of like the meaning of life mm. in, in philosophy at class. And like, I was always so curious about this and no one else seemed to really care. Yeah. And I was always wondering like, why does no one care? Yeah. I must say, I haven't spent as much time pondering over this. Mm last five years as I used to but I think that I mean look we could talk about this for a lot of hours I don't know how much in depth you want me to go into to answer yeah. your question yes. what is your definition of success like what does it mean for you for me success is all about making a positive impact on other people's lives and doing it from a place of genuine care mm. that's really what success is is like and i believe that money is a byproduct of value and so when you lead with that you're destined to make a good amount of money thank you so much by the way for your time i tried to keep it like short go go through a few questions that i have in my mind um but thank you again so much for your time and uh for everyone listening i hope you enjoyed this and i hope you all have an amazing awesome rest of your day